Alors, d'être capable de mettre la main sur euh, Eric Stahl, euh, comme tu as mentionné, Chantal, c'est pas le joueur de 25 ans, on s'entend, mais c'est un joueur qui a beaucoup d'expérience. Euh, c'est un joueur que, à Buffalo, c'était difficile pour tout le monde, mais si tu regardes juste l'an passé, euh, il a quand même eu euh, une quarantaine de points en 66 matchs environ avec le Wild du Minnesota. Alors, euh, il amène beaucoup, puis euh, il est excité de venir à Montréal. Alors, euh, Gagnant une Coupe Stanley aussi, qui n'est qui est pas par accident aussi qu'on amène des joueurs qui ont déjà remporté des Coupes Stanley. Fait que dans l'ensemble, et le prix à payer pour nous avec tous le, le, les, les, les choix qu'on avait au repêchage, c'est un prix qu'on était prêt à payer. Merci, Marc. Merci. Euh, John Lou. Good morning, Marc. Um, would you share the, uh, the genesis and the mechanics of this deal, considering that the day before, You pulled off this transaction um, when you were talking to us. It really sounded like you weren't all that confident about uh, about making a, a trade before the deadline. Yeah, well, some trades take take long time. Some are quicker. Uh, that one came really fast. And uh, what I said was true at the time. I wasn't not uh, uh, not I wasn't looking, but I didn't think it was going to happen. And the main reason was uh, I needed cap space and whatever money I was getting in. At least in Eric's case, they had to retain at least 50%. So, uh, and Buffalo was willing to do that. And the price was a third and a fifth. So, uh, again, with all the picks we had the last few years and the one we had 14 before, so now it's we have 12. It's still on the, on the normal year, you only have seven picks. So, we still have a lot of picks available to us. Can you um, clarify for us with respect to the modified no trade clause? Um, we heard that Montreal was on the list, but were all Canadian teams on that no trade list as a result of um, the 14-day quarantine that was then knocked down to seven? That's a question for uh, Eric. I've, I've no clue why, uh, who was on the list. Uh, and that's a question from, I never ask. Martin McGuire. Bonjour, Marc. Uh, dans le passé, vous avez eu la main heureuse avec des vétérans euh, de la trempe de Stahl, euh, même des gars comme Thompson, euh, des gars comme Kovalchuk, euh, Perry que tu as signé, euh, qui semblent trouver leur fit dans ton équipe. T'expliquerais ça comment? Ces gars-là arrivent puis ça a l'air à fonctionner chez vous. Hmm. L'atmosphère, le fait de venir dans un... Euh dans un marché canadien, euh, comme les joueurs que tu as mentionnés, Covey, euh, Corey, euh, à part de Nate qui a joué un peu à Ottawa, c'est une autre atmosphère dans un marché canadien. Puis c'est des, des, des Canadiens qui veulent, je ne sais pas, c'est une question pour eux, mais moi, je peux voir ça un peu comme ça, cette raison-là. L'excitement d'être dans un marché canadien, dans un, une ville comme Montréal. Marc, tu n'es pas sans savoir qu'il y a beaucoup d'effervescence autour de Cole Caulfield à Montréal. Les partisans l'aiment déjà puis ils ne l'ont pas vu encore dans la Ligue nationale. Euh, ton expérience d'homme de hockey, qu'est-ce qui est le mieux pour lui à ce stade-ci? Et mieux pour le Canadien en même temps, là, parce que le bien pour Caulfield est le bien pour le Canadien. Ouais. Laisse-moi y penser, je vais te revenir avec ça une couple de jours. <rire> Est-ce que tu es confiant d'en arriver à une entente bientôt avec lui? Est-ce que tu peux répondre à celle-là? 
chaud, boboy. Comment je pourrais te dire ça? Laisse-moi y penser, Martin, je vais t'avenir là-dessus. Merci, Martin. Jean-François Chaumont. <rire> Salut, Marc. Euh, Martin vient de te parler de Cold Cofield. Je sais que tu as un gros, un gros sourire dans le visage. Idéalement, comme homme d'hockey, s'il doit faire le saut cette année, est-ce que tu le vois davantage faire peut-être ses débuts avec le Rocket de Laval ou il y a un talent assez, assez présent pour peut-être faire ses débuts avec le Canadien dès le départ? Écoute, c'est un joueur qui a du talent exceptionnel. Là. Probablement qu'on entend parler que possible qu'il gagne le, le OB Baker. Alors, euh, c'est quasiment un but par match. Euh, mais encore là, entre le collège américain et la Ligue nationale, c'est un très grand saut. Alors, euh, on va voir ce qui va se dérouler dans les prochaines euh, heures, semaines, jours. Euh, on verra bien. OK. Euh, je sais, Marc, comme DG, vous avez intérêt parfois à cacher votre jeu. C'est normal, c'est logique. Tu avais dit que tu ne t'attendais possiblement pas à bouger étant donné la situation financière de l'équipe. Maintenant, tu as acquis Stahl. Oui, les sabres ont gardé 50 du salaire, mais est-ce que tu envisages d'être encore actif d'ici la, la date limite des transactions? Non, non, pas pendant tout. C'est fini. Là. On n'a plus rien, on n'a plus d'argent. On est, on, est on est maximisé au cap. Gardes-tu cet argent-là un peu pour Cofield? Euh, Cole Cofield avec les bonus d'un joueur euh, ça va être tight euh, mais on, écoute, on a encore du temps d'ici au 12 c'est certain qu'on travaille euh, toujours pour améliorer l'équipe mais euh, on va voir dans les prochaines, prochains jours prochaines semaines ce qui va se passer avec Cole puis on va évaluer la situation Arvin Massou Hey, Mark, um, just to pick up on what you just said is, um, are you currently trying to free up some cap space so that you can make further moves between now and the 12th? No. No. Okay. Um, are there any other, I mean, I, it seems silly asking you this, but when you say, <laughs> it's, when you say that you're done, that you're capped out and you're like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I think you would understand that it's how sincere are you being? Because obviously we spoke to you on Thursday. You seem very sincere in saying that nothing could happen and you, and you say that you meant it, but are the possibilities there under your current cap situation to, to wiggle some room over the next couple of weeks to maybe add another piece? Uh, anything's possible. Uh, when I talked to you guys it was on Thursday, I was being upfront and honest. Uh, But again, I don't think it's the best interest of the Montreal Canadian to sit in front of the camera and lay out everything I'm trying to do. Uh, I think it, we're putting our team to a disadvantage because uh, I know for a fact there was two other teams after Eric Stahl. So, you know, when I've talked to you guys, there's other, uh, other people around the league that are listening. So I have to be very careful. I'm trying to be as transparent as I can, but there's time where I cannot be. Uh, and that was the case. But also, I didn't have anything in, in, in the mix uh, when I talked to you. It happened, honestly, uh, very fast. Uh, I did have conversation with Buffalo a while back, and I know the 14 days became an issue. Uh, but then when that was lifted, it made it a lot easier to, uh, to make the trade. And you could say that, Well, yeah, but they were saying that it was going to get done. But 
that's what we heard for the last three weeks and didn't happen. So I had to be careful. If I could squeeze one more in, is, sure. could, could you, um, is there a market right now? There, there are very few teams that actually have cap space. Generally speaking, what, how would you rate the openness of those teams to, to negotiate some maneuverability, some maneuvering of cap space around? Is that, is that, are those discussions happening right now? Well, I know there's teams who do have cap space that are willing to take on cap space. So if you want to buy cap space, that's available, but there's a price to pay for that. And depending on the amount of uh, you're trying to buy, then the price become uh, steeper. So like a, like in a way, like a three-way deal where a team takes on uh, the player and then retain money and then ship them to the other place. So mm-hmm. that's out yeah. there. But again, I'm not going to go into detail. What are the teams that are doing that or trying to do that? But that's a, also a possibility. Okay, thank you. Let's see, uh, <clears throat> Stu uh, Mark, I imagine you've spoken with Dom Ducharme already about how you plan to use Stahl. Is it going to be a case of him taking Jake Evans' spot on the fourth line? Uh, I've talked to Dom briefly. Uh, he will hopefully talk to you guys on Monday, and I will leave that to him to tell you how he sees his lineup. Uh, but again, uh, Eric will not be available right away. So... Uh, Again, you don't have to. You don't make decision on lineup until you have to. So, in the meantime, they could have injuries. You know, next week where the decision becomes a lot easier where he fits in and how Dom wants to use him. So until then, I think we only going to speculate where he's going to fit and where he's going to play. But again, uh, players with their performance tells you they'll tell you where they should be playing and how much ice time they should get. What's the main thing about Stahl that you believe makes your team better with him? And can you just clarify also the, the quarantine situation? When do you think he'll be able to play his first game? Uh, well, he's coming in today. So uh, starting his quarantine, so it's seven days now as it's been approved by, uh, by uh, uh, the government. So uh, depending on when our schedule comes out, when we're able to restart again, whether it's hopefully it's this week, it's unclear. But he brings, uh, he brings, you know, he's a, you know, he's got size, he's got experience, you know, a center is a center. There's, there's, it's always, there's always a premium on centermen and defensemen uh, down the stretch. So uh, again, with, with the lot of picks we had, I felt like a 30, no, it's a, those are good picks. There's players in every round. So, uh, but we have still have two third and two fifth and we picked a lot last year. So we, I felt comfortable to giving up these two assets to uh, acquire Eric. Eric Ingles. Hi, Mark. Um, I'm just wondering, if you look back on your experience as a player and you, maybe you were, when you look back at one of the teams that you were on that was really deep and added a piece like the piece you added yesterday, what, what did that feel like as a player to have that kind of that move happen? As a player, you feel like you know your 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 management are, are they believe in your they they believe on the in the team and they want the team to have success and they feel that uh, it's players don't feel like oh my god now he's gonna he's gonna take my it's not like that it's like wow we're getting some help uh, that's gonna help us and uh, we feel that you know management is trying to make us better that's how I felt anyway. Um, my second question would be. You know, as of right now, there's only two players that are on that protocol list, the same two players that were there on Monday. 
Um, to what extent has that been a relief over the last few days? And uh, are you hopeful that, are you becoming more hopeful that as the plan was to resume activities on Monday, that you'll be able to follow through on Monday? Yeah, I mean, there's always a chance that something could come up today or tomorrow. But I mean, every day that goes by, I feel more confident that we're going to start, you know, early next week. Eric. Euh, on va passer à Renaud Lavoie. Merci, Paul. Salut, Marc. Euh, juste une petite question pour toi, pour commencer. Dans le cas de Tyler Toffoli, est-ce que tu es confiant, Marc, qu'il va être capable de revenir au jeu dès le prochain match de votre équipe ou il va falloir attendre encore un petit peu? Mais écoute, en ce moment, il n'y a aucun joueur qui peut patiner, alors ça serait vraiment impossible qu'il revienne au jeu avec seulement une pratique. Ça ne serait pas euh, prudent de notre part, alors je te dirais que non. Pas de premier okay. Parfait. Puis, euh, écoute, tu as fait une belle acquisition en, en, en Eric Stahl, euh, bien solidifier donc ta ligne de centre. Euh, je suis convaincu que tu aimerais peut-être, mais comme tu as dit, ça va être difficile de faire peut-être d'autres d'autres transactions. Alors, euh, comment t'aimes ton équipe présentement, Marc, euh, quand tu la regardes sur papier? Puis, est-ce que tu vois cette équipe-là connaître beaucoup de succès comme tu l'avais souhaité en début de saison? Oui, écoute, j'ai encore confiance en notre équipe. Écoute, on amène un joueur d'expérience en, en Eric Stahl et euh, avec nos blessures qui devraient revenir euh, sous peu de temps, restant en santé. J'ai vraiment confiance en notre équipe. J'aime notre équipe, comme j'ai toujours dit depuis le camp d'entraînement. Merci, Marc. Merci, Renaud. On va y aller avec euh, Simon Lillier. Salut Marc. Euh, Eric Stahl, c'est un joueur qui a changé l'équipe deux fois depuis que tu es... Euh, des... En fait, c'est la troisième fois depuis que tu es DG du Canadien. Est-ce que c'est un joueur que tu as déjà essayé d'acquérir par le passé ou pour lequel tu as déjà eu de l'intérêt par le passé? Euh, oui, j'ai eu de l'intérêt sur Eric dans le passé. Euh, encore là, tu des joueurs de centre qui, qui, ont, qui ont de l'expérience puis qui ont eu du succès. Euh, c'est toujours intéressant. Surtout à, à l'époque, on était mince en ligne de centre mais sans succès. Et puis aujourd'hui, écoute, c'est certain que moi, j'ai mentionné tantôt, c'est pas le joueur de 25 ans, mais c'est encore un bon joueur de hockey qui va nous aider. Et euh, je m'excuse de revenir sur Caulfield. Je sais que tantôt, tu, tu, tu souriais en en parlant. Est-ce qu'on comprend que ça peut être une question d'heure dans son cas? C'est un peu ça que tu as dit tantôt. Non, je n'ai pas dit ça pantoute. C'est toi qui, euh, qui assume que j'ai dit, je n'ai pas parlé, j'ai juste souri. Ben, le, le mot « heure » est arrivé dans ta Ah, ben, je, bouche, je pense que j'ai dit « heure »,« semaine ». Tu as juste piqué sur « heure », mais j'ai dit « jour »,« semaine » aussi. OK, c'est bon. Merci. On est rendu à Marc-André Perrault. Salut Marc, c'est le fun de te voir souriant comme ça ce matin. Euh, je voulais que tu… Euh, comment tu pourrais qualifier le travail de John Sedgwick cette année? On dit, tu sais, dans, dans un contexte tellement difficile, on dirait qu'il sort toujours… Hein, un lapin de son chapeau, là, puis l'aide qu'il qui, qui représente pour toi? Ben, écoute, un homme d'hockey très important euh, pour notre équipe. Puis, euh, je pourrais te dire que j'aurais de la difficulté euh, à faire le travail sans John Sedgwick. Alors, c'est une personne très importante pour l'organisation et, et pour moi-même. On, bon, on est en conversation, je te dirais, peut-être dix fois par jour. Est-ce que, est que, est que des fois, tu te dis, mon Dieu, com comment, comment il a fait? Euh, ben c'est pas comment il a fait, c'est pas un magicien. Là. On a des règlements, faut que. C'est pas lui qui a écrit le CBA, là, mais euh, il est vraiment au. Euh, euh, il est vraiment en top, puis euh, euh, il est vraiment bon pour nous. Merci. Merci. Oh, 
excuse-moi, merci Marc-André. Euh, Marc-Antoine Godin. Oui, bonjour Marc. Euh, écoute, la saison dernière, en fait, durant l'entre-saison, tu avais en quelque sorte battu de vitesse le marché dans le cas de, de Joel Edmondson. On dirait que c'est un peu la même chose qui vient de se produire avec Eric Stahl, d'essayer de, de, de bouger plus rapidement. Est-ce que c'est... C'est-tu juste un résultat de la, de la façon dont la, la, la situation dans laquelle les équipes se trouvent ou est-ce que c'est une résolution que tu t'es donnée de dire « je vais essayer de, de battre de vitesse le marché ben, » Pas nécessairement battre le marché, c'est juste que le plus longtemps que tu peux avoir le joueur, le mieux que c'est à mon point pour l'équipe. Alors, on a toujours le 7 jours de, de, qui ne sera pas disponible. C'est certain que tu fais une transaction le 11 avril ou la journée avant la, la période, mais là, tu le perds pour 16 jours. Là, ça devient… Alors, c'est important de le faire le plus tôt possible, mais encore là, ça prend l'équipe qui est prête à faire l'échange aussi. Là, si tu veux faire un échange puis l'équipe n'est pas prête, mais alors, il faut que tu attendes. Alors, ça prend deux pour danser, puis on était capable de faire la transaction avec les sabres hier après-midi. Mm -hmm. euh, par ailleurs… Euh... Ton équipe, l'identité de ton équipe depuis, depuis quelques années est vraiment bâtie euh, sur, sur la vitesse, le quickness. Euh, là, Eric Stahl, son coup de patin a, a ralenti avec les années, forcément. Par contre, c'est un, un autre gagnant de la Coupe, c'est un autre gros gabarit, ça rentre dans les valeurs que tu cherchais depuis un an. Mais où est-ce que tu vois l'équilibre entre, entre ces facettes-là et entre justement d'apporter des aller chercher des éléments que lui t'apporte, puis peut-être être prêt à payer un petit prix au niveau du... Euh, du, du, en guillemets, du ralentissement de ton équipe. Oui, écoute, c'est euh, une ligue rapide. Il ne faut pas oublier, là, là, ça te prend, tu ne peux pas avoir euh, non, euh, 16 attaquants, ah, excuse-moi, 16 joueurs qui n'ont qui pas de vitesse. Là. Mais on a, des, on a de la rapidité sur les ailes. Puis, euh, là, un, tu peux avoir un joueur qui est très rapide, mais qui ne pense pas du tout, qui n'a aucun sens de hockey. Puis là, ben, ça va nulle part. Là. On dit tout le temps, c'est un joueur le plus vite à la mauvaise place. Alors, un joueur comme Eric, c'est un joueur qui a l'expérience euh, avec de la répétition. C'est sûr qu'il n'est pas encore là, le joueur de 25 ans, mais ce n'est pas un joueur qui est vraiment... Vrai. Je pense qu'il va amener, avec un changement d'air aussi, il va amener un peu d'énergie pour lui-même à, à, à sa game. Puis euh, aussi, euh, son gabarit, son expérience. On a des jeunes en Nick, KK PJ, qui n'ont pas beaucoup d'expérience euh, très jeune, puis même Philippe Dano, je crois que 16 parties de, dans les séries en carrière. Alors, on amène un gars qui a beaucoup d'expérience dans les séries, puis euh, qui va nous aider au, surtout au centre. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Uh, welcome back, Pat Hickey. You're up. Uh... Mark, uh, we we know we have a break that you probably weren't planning on, and probably don't appreciate. But is there any advantage to having this this, this time off? Well, to a degree, yes. If you look at you know getting the player rested, the few players we had uh, who had injuries, minor injuries, yes. But then you know having to start right away with very little practice. And then having more games in less time, yeah. So it's it's like this, but one way good, one way bad. You pick which one. Thanks, Mark. Stay well. You too. Thank you. On est rendu à Martin Lemay. Oui, on m'entend bien. Oui. 
Marc, deux petites rapides sur euh, l'évaluation. Euh, premièrement, Mark Stahl, euh, Eric Stahl, lequel des deux que tu vas chercher, celui qui a connu du succès avec Minnesota ou celui qui est pour plus difficile à Buffalo? Je sais que tout est difficile à Buffalo, mais quand vous évaluez les joueurs, comment tu fais pour savoir lequel tu es allé chercher? Ben, tu ne sais jamais tant que le joueur n'arrive pas dans ton alignement. Il y a des joueurs qui ont du succès dans une autre équipe. Tu vas le chercher et ça ne fonctionne pas du tout. Puis des fois, c'est le contraire. Alors, euh, écoute, on va voir dans les prochaines, dans les prochaines semaines, les prochains mois. Euh, mais on croit encore que, que du hockey à donner. Puis c'est pour cette raison qu'on est allé chercher. Ma deuxième, c'est euh, Cole Caulfield, mais sur l'évaluation. Granato a dit que vous l'avez regardé, scouté en long et en large cette année. Avec l'évaluation, vous en faites. Est-ce que tu es, es capable de nous dire aujourd'hui que tu sais si ça va être à Laval, ça va passer, ou tout de suite, tu peux aller à Montréal, ou il va falloir que tu fasses des tests, même si tu l'avais vu mille fois? Ligue complètement différente. C'est certain qu'il y a eu que du succès. C'est un joueur exceptionnel. Tu vois, même hier, je regardais le match, son deuxième but, la rondelle... Jean Ovechkin, là, la, la rondelle vient quand même, si elle, 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 elle se promène, c'est bang, c'est parti. Il y a un talent exceptionnel pour ça. Mais on va prendre notre temps, on va l'évaluer, puis on va voir ce qui va se passer dans, dans les prochaines euh, périodes de temps. Euh, OK, j'ai deux petites questions. Arpin, you wanted to... Uh, Arpin, Arpin, there you go. Vas-y, Arpin. Yeah. Hey, Mark, just a quick uh, a detail issue. Is there, um, is there anything you can share about the status of Tuesday's game? There's some reports that maybe you'd face Edmonton instead of Ottawa. I don't know if you can share anything on. on yeah, the, no, I can't. I'm not allowed to share. I know what's going on, but I'm not allowed to share that. that I'm going to leave that to the league. That's what that who uh, handle the scheduling and uh, they're, they're on their own time frame as far as letting people know. And I'm sure You could probably find out from the media, from the, the network because they'll they'll have a better. I mean, I do know, but they might spill the beans before I do. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. Uh, GF. Oui, salut Marc. On t'a parlé beaucoup de Cofield, mais au cours des derniers jours, des derniers jours, on t'a pas parlé de Jordan Harris, qui lui a choisi de retourner pour une quatrième saison à Northeastern. Uh, il y a tout le temps un risque quand un gars s'engage pour une quatrième année. Mais j'imagine que tu as eu des conversations avec lui. As-tu le sentiment qu'il veut rester fidèle à l'équipe qui l'a repêché? Oui, écoute, euh, on a eu des conversations. Puis, euh, tu sais, un joueur a un choix. Puis, écoute, il, je crois qu'il a été nommé capitaine euh, récemment. Euh, puis, il faut s'entendre aussi avec l'année à cause du, du COVID qu'il y a eu beaucoup d'universitaires. C'était plus difficile. Je pense qu'il veut vivre l'expérience encore une autre année. Mais je n'ai aucune indication qu'il n'y a, qu a pas d'intérêt avec les Canadiens. Il sait qu'on a passé beaucoup de temps à le regarder, puis on le suit, puis on est, on est vraiment impliqué dans son développement. Merci. Merci, Jeff. Euh, on a presque fini. Martin McGuire avait une sous-question. Ben, Arpin, tu en as parlé un petit peu en anglais, là, mais euh, au moment où on se parle, si vous avez euh, tous des tests négatifs d'ici là, Marc, est-ce que vous jouez à Ottawa mardi soir? Euh, on va, si tous les tests sont négatifs d'ici lundi, grande possibilité euh, d'un match mardi, oui, mais euh, je ne peux pas vous dévoiler en ce moment, la Ligue va le faire, le match est contre qui et à quel endroit. Eric Engels, you have the last one? Yeah, just a quick one, Mark. I know you've been really busy, but I'm sure you've had a chance to watch some hockey this week, and the two teams that are directly chasing you have lost all their games in regulation 
you guys have a lot of games in hand here and a pretty significant advantage because of that. How do you view that situation? The games in hand are only good if you win them. So, uh, I mean, it's it's nice to have them, but, you know, we, we have to, to win those games. And, again, our schedule will be a little tougher now because of uh, the week off. So, uh, again, it's, we, we, we have to control our destiny and we have to win our games and not going in back door. So uh, I expect our team to be ready to play when we, we start again. Thank you, Eric. And we'll finish with the last for Marc-Antoine Godin. Ouais, bonjour, Marc. Euh, je ne voudrais pas jouer au poker contre toi. <rire> euh, écoute, à propos de ta défensive, euh, là, maintenant, en l'absence de Sherrod, qu'est-ce que tu as vu jusqu'à maintenant? T'sais, tu regardes, de, de, de temps à autre, il faut euh, vous utiliser Xavier Ouellet. D'autres fois, c'est Victor Mété. Vous avez certaines ressources à Laval, mais quelle, quelle évaluation tu fais de ta brigade défensive, de ton troisième duo, quand Ben Sherrod n'est pas là? En général, on s'est bien débrouillé. Euh, écoute, c'est certain que Ben euh, fait un grand trou dans notre, dans notre alignement euh, en défensive, mais euh, je m'attends à un retour, euh, on va frapper sur du bois, là, plus, rap plus rapidement que prévu avec Ben. Mais encore là, il n'y a rien de certain, mais euh, au moment où on se parle aujourd'hui, ça regarde bien. Alors, dans l'ensemble, je peux dire que je suis satisfait de, 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 des joueurs qui ont remplacé le, le temps de glace de Ben. Je pense que Joël a fait une, une bonne job, Eddie, avec, euh, mm -hmm. avec Shea, puis euh, Cooley avec Piri, qui ont eu du succès dans le passé. Je pense qu'ils ont, qu ont tenu l'équipe euh, euh, en bonne position. Mais le fait que vous ayez autant de, de matchs qui s'en viennent si la fin de la calendr du calendrier, ça, ça, va être, ça va être encore plus de pression sur votre top 4. Alors, qu'en est-il du troisième duo? Euh, je ne comprends pas ta question. C'est-à-dire qu'étant donné que vous allez être très occupé, il y a beaucoup de matchs en, en peu de temps qui vont être joués. Ça va, si vous vous fiez encore plus sur votre top 4, sur les quatre gars que tu as nommés, euh, qu est qui, quelle est l'évaluation que tu fais des, des, des autres gars qui restent, les Mété, les Wallet, etc.? J'ai ça, j'ai répondu de mieux que je pouvais. Jusqu'à maintenant, je pense qu'ils ont fait une bonne job. Ouais. Puis, euh, écoute, il y, a, il y a un temps que ça a été Xavier, d'autant c'était euh, Meats. Mais dans l'ensemble, écoute, quand tu as des blessés, tu as un blessé d'un du, du, joueur comme Ben, ça va t'affecter. Puis il y a des joueurs qui vont, qui, qui sont obligés de, de, de monter le temps de glace. Puis euh, écoute, tous les, toutes les joueurs veulent tout, tout, tout plus de temps de glace. Alors, c'est une opportunité pour eux de démontrer qu'ils le méritent puis qu'ils ont une place pour, pour, pour avoir ce temps de glace. Alors, ça, ça devient sur eux. Tu vas le demander, veux-tu jouer plus? Il va tout te dire oui, je veux, je veux jouer plus de temps de glace. Mais le temps de glace, il est là. Alors, profite-en et fais le mieux possible pour, pour le garder. Merci. Merci, Marc. OK, bien merci, Marc. Ça met un terme à la pointe presse. Pour votre information, euh, je vais parler à. Comment? Déjà fini. Déjà fini, oui. Je veux-tu rester encore? Euh, J'ai parlé à Eric Stall et aujourd'hui, bon, il est chez lui, euh, il vide son appartement et il va être ici demain. On va être en l'avoir en conférence de presse demain parce qu'il conduit aujourd'hui. Donc, je n'ai pas l'heure précisément, donc, mais ça devrait être dans les mêmes eaux là, que ce qu'on a fait ce matin. Donc, euh, restez en stay tuned pour votre pour l'information sur le PR Twitter. For those... All right, Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John, still with you till one. That was uh, Canadian's general manager, Mark Bergevin, taking questions from the media. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there in the uh, almost 30 minutes that he spoke. Uh, you just heard 
Paul Wilson, uh, the PR man for the Montreal Canadiens, mentioned that Eric Stahl will, in fact, be arriving tomorrow. So the quarantine will start tomorrow, even though Mark Bergevin said it was today. Uh, he'll meet the media tomorrow as well. Uh, so Eric Stahl will be speaking. Uh, we will uh, just uh, catch up on some spots that we may have missed, but uh, we'll be right back with Saturday Sports on TSN 690. We'll unpack everything Mark Bergevin had to say about the Eric Stahl acquisition, future acquisitions, and a whole lot more. And Cole Caulfield as well on TSN Good Saturday morning. It's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John Still uh, with you till 1. So a bit of an abbreviated edition, but we'll always make room uh, for a Mark Bergemay press conference. We've got a busy show lined up for you. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we will be previewing the F1 season. That, get, that gets going this weekend. Qualifying already underway for the Bahrain Grand Prix. Tim Haraney. TSN Racing Analyst will join us just after noon, uh, but obviously the focus of the show will be on the Montreal Canadiens and the Eric Stahl acquisition, and uh, we'll unpack what General Manager Mark Bergevin had to say. We'll also be joined by Andrew Berkshire of the Montreal Gazette. He'll join us just after 12.35, uh, but want to get right into it. You can get in touch with the program. You can text us. Your thoughts on the Eric Stahl trade, or if you want to weigh in on what Mark Bergevin had to say, text us at 11.690, or you can tweet me uh, at Joey Alfieri. All right, uh, there was a lot uh, that Mark Bergevin added to the picture here uh, since the trade was announced, and uh, so there's a couple of different points uh, that I do want to bring up. I also want to get to our uh, Eric Stahl-related, Montreal Canadiens-related uh, question of the day in just a couple of minutes, um, but uh, there's a couple of things I just want to knock out of the way here with uh, with what Mark Bergevin had to say moments ago on TSN 690. Um, I think anybody who had been paying attention over the last couple of weeks, uh, even when Mark Bergevin said last week uh, that he wasn't willing to make a move, and he did say that the Eric Stahl move came about rather quickly, uh, but did admit, I thought it was interesting when he said that he had spoken to Buffalo a while back but it was a little bit more difficult to... He didn't say that it was difficult to make a trade because of the 14-day quarantine, but that's kind of uh, how I interpreted it, just reading between the lines. I don't think Eric Stahl wanted to wait uh, in a, an apartment or a hotel room for two weeks. Uh, and now that the quarantine, the Canadian government has dropped it from 14 to seven days, seems like it's going to be... Uh, it's it's a bit more of an easy pill to swallow for Stahl. Uh, so... Canadians mentioned that Eric Stahl is cleaning out his apartment in Buffalo today. He's packing up, driving to Montreal. Uh, I guess the quarantine will begin tonight. He'll meet the media tomorrow on Zoom, which will carry on TSN 690 uh, and then could be available uh, as of uh, a week from tonight or a week from tomorrow, whatever the case may be. Uh, we still don't know what the Canadian schedule will look like, but I thought it was interesting that um, Mark Bergevin was in Brossard. Uh, and so I guess 
Uh, the office space might be open there, but the facility is still close to the players and still it's just Yoel Armia and Jesperi Kotkaniemi uh, that are on the COVID-19 list. So uh, Mark Bergevin admitted that they're, they do know uh, what the plan is, what the schedule might look like. It sounds like it might not be uh, a game against Ottawa on Tuesday night. They might be playing Edmonton. He wouldn't confirm or deny, uh, but did say that he was fully aware of what the plan is. So at least there is a plan in place, uh, but we just we don't know what that is at this point. Um, all right. So, look, I think if you'd been paying attention, you realize that the general manager said that they didn't have any cap space and whatnot. I just I thought... You know, he said he was being truthful uh, when he met the media on Thursday. He said that they didn't have anything cooking. The trade with Buffalo came about rather quickly. Um, but he also later on, when pressed on it, said that he can't be fully transparent in the media. And this is kind of what I'd been saying all along. That's why I couldn't take him at face value. I, I certainly understand uh, it's the smart thing to do not to be fully transparent in this situation. But to me, when Stefan Wade comes out, you know, a few weeks earlier and says that Mark Bergevin told him when he fired him mid-game against Ottawa on that Tuesday night that, you know, Bergevin said to him, if Carey Price doesn't get straightened out, it's my job that's on the line next and I'm going to be the next one to go. That shows, you know, that peels back the curtain a little bit and that shows the level of desperation um, that the Canadians have here behind the scenes. That's not to say that even if Stefan Waite came out, you know, even if Stefan Waite didn't come out and admit that, that they wouldn't have made this trade. But I do think that there was still, you know, a little bit of desperation uh, that we were privy to. The Like I said, the, the curtain was peeled back a little bit when Stefan Waite said that. So uh, jobs are on the line. The Canadians absolutely need to make the playoffs. And I think even if they do get in, you know, I think they still have to do some damage in the playoffs for everyone to be totally safe. Uh, but I, I like the stall acquisition. Of course, we've, you know, we talked about it uh, ad nauseum since it went down last night. Uh, it's just, it's a smart move to add a guy who's been there, done that uh, on the international scene, on the NHL scene. He's just, uh, he adds another big body to the lineup, gives you that help down the middle uh, that the Canadians absolutely needed going into the playoffs because they are young. Uh, at center, and Mark Bergevin mentioned, you know, even for Phil Deneau, he's got less than 20 games of playoff experience. So he was the oldest guy uh, that they had down the middle. But, you know, he, his lack of experience in the playoffs, I guess, uh, was uh, was con was something that was concerning uh, to the general manager in the front office. So I really, I don't think, I, look, I want to give Canadians fans the, the benefit of the doubt here, and I think they deserve it. This is a, a knowledgeable fan base. I don't think anybody's expecting... Uh, the Eric Stahl from, you know, his peak days in Carolina, even in Minnesota, he's been rather productive. He's 36 now. Uh, so I think you all, for the most part, know what you're getting uh, in this player. I think he's a guy who can very much play a, a similar role to Corey Perry, just that he has the ability to play center. And I think if you're one, two, three, four down the middle is, you know, in any particular order, Suzuki, Dano, Kotkaniemi and Stahl, you're pretty strong down the middle. You're still a bit young, but you're pretty, you know, you're pretty strong. And I do think that, you know, if they want to keep getting Jake Evans into the lineup, they can do that. Uh, Eric Stahl has played all three forward spots throughout his career, especially internationally with those loaded Canada teams uh, where he's had to move around. He hasn't just played center uh, on the international scene. So I just for the third and the fifth and Buffalo retaining half the salary, I just, I, I, 
I don't really think that there's a downside to this. I realize I don't think he I think it's 22 games in a row without a point or without a goal rather and seven or eight games in a row without a point. I'd been paying attention to Buffalo a little bit just because I figured they'd be selling. It's a tire fire. You don't even have to watch the Sabres to know that it's a tire fire. Lost 15 games in a row. I don't think that you can hold uh, Stall accountable uh, for that. So the numbers might be down, but I don't know. I, I don't think you're getting that player. So I don't think you're getting the Minnesota Stall. I don't think you're getting the Buffalo Stall. I think you're getting something in between. Uh, I do think that he can help you on the power play, even though, in fairness to the Canadians, the power play hasn't really been an issue. It's been a strength uh, since Alex Burrows and uh, Dom Ducharme took over. Um, but, again, I, I think the Canadians evaluated their team correctly, and this is a piece that I don't think anybody can argue that they needed. And uh, so now Mark Bergevin says he's really done. Uh, I don't know that for sure. Still, I, I don't know that they're going to be able to add uh, the other interesting note. I think it was Arpin Basu of The Athletic uh, that asked if you can buy cap space uh, right now from teams that have the cap space to burn. Uh, and he says the prices are steep, uh, but the possibility is out there. So I don't know what it would take to to sell off somebody else. I guess it would be more expensive if you wanted to get rid of somebody with term. And I know Canadians fans, for the most part, when they think of getting rid of somebody, it is Paul Byron. But I don't know. Like I, I think one of the you know one of the easier contracts to shed that might not cost as much to shed is Jordan Wheel, and uh, he makes one point four million dollars this year, but only three hundred and twenty five thousand of that counts on the cap because the majority of it gets. Uh, buried in the minors uh, so I think you can save yourself uh, it's a smaller cap hit but I think you can save yourself some money some money that way and listen Arturi Lekkinen played pretty well when he got back in the lineup but he's been a healthy scratch a lot and now that you've added another forward I and I do think that there would be interest league-wide for a player like Lekkinen who is still pretty young and who's going to be an RFA at the end of the season. So uh, it's not a pure rental. It's a guy who's 25. You know exactly what he's going to bring. You're not going to get a ton of offense, but he's a, a responsible player uh, and you have him under team control. So I wonder if Arturi Lekkinen uh, could be sacrificed here because I think the way the Canadians are built right now, and of course they can send Jake Evans to the taxi squad uh, to create some room here under the cap. But if they want to keep going the way they are, uh, I don't think that they have the available funds under the cap to call Paul Byron off the taxi squad. Um, so I'm curious to see how they manage the cap. I don't know that they have to uh, make a deal, but I would expect them to make you know some small tweak here uh, to get under the salary cap. Uh, it's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John Still with you till 1 o'clock. Uh, we will be talking uh, Eric Stahl's advanced metrics with Andrew Berkshire from the Montreal Gazette just after 1235. We'll also be talking a little bit of the racing scene with Tim Haraney, a TSN racing analyst uh, with the Formula One season getting underway this weekend. Qualifying is happening as we speak, but I do want to bring in my buddy John Still. John, your reaction to the uh, Eric Stahl trade or your reaction to uh, anything Mark Bergevin said? Was there something that stood out there? Oh my goodness, Mark Bergevin lying to the media. What a crazy, crazy idea. But it's a must lie, right? Like, I, of I course. Totally, I mean, not not only we, that. We called it's him just, out, right? It's just like 
I don't know. I don't know how you were, how when you started journalism school, how you were expecting uh, people in power to speak to you. But yeah, they're going to basically bend the truth when it comes to uh, certain aspects. And he he did say that it it does me a disservice and it does the Montreal Canadiens a disservice to come out and lay out the plans uh, to you guys uh, completely directly as to what I intend to do. So, I mean, I have no problem with Mark Bergevin coming out 24 hours before the Eric Stahl trade and saying, oh, I don't think I'm going to get much done. That's that's how you use the media. That's why we're supposed to do our job and have sources behind the scenes and things like that. So people saying uh, that uh, they have a problem with uh, Mark Bergevay coming out and bless my stars lying to us. I mean, if he if he did lie or if he uh, basically bent the truth, I don't uh, I don't really hold it against him whatsoever. I think it's a smart acquisition for a team that doesn't have a lot of center depth down the middle. I think you're going to see a lot more uh defensive zone starts for Philip Deneau and um you might see more uh, offensive zone starts for the fourth line because Eric Stahl, when he was in Buffalo and even in Minnesota, he's not exactly going to be a guy who plays uh, otherworldly uh, defense at the center ice position. But uh, it really comes down to, do you believe that Jake Evans very early in his career is a better player than Eric Stahl, even at his uh, old age of, what was it, 35, 36? 36. 36. 36. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's a... It's an upgrade at a position that they are very young. Um, I think we've seen throughout the year that Jesperi Kakanyemi and Nick Suzuki have not been able to match up um, their greatest moments of form when they are playing at their best. It seems like one goes hot and one goes cold at the same time. Uh, bringing in another guy who can kind of provide a, a little bit more offense on the fourth line is a, a nice thing for a team that relies so heavily on depth. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very reasonable point. And look, we've seen that Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Kotkaniemi have played at very high levels at different times this year. But it's funny that they haven't been both firing on all cylinders at the same time. And I think if they can get that and you add Eric Stahl, I think it makes your team that much more dangerous. But you're right. When you want to go, when you want to be a team built off depth, when you've got four lines going, and now you have the opportunity. Look, we don't know where he's going to slot in. But to me, I think you'll probably see him start down the middle with, um, I don't know if you'll have limited minutes at five on five, but I think you'll play a, you know that bottom six role. And if they have Stahl and Perry together, I'm curious to see how that works out. I personally think it'll be just fine, uh, especially if you throw a little speed out there. Uh, with them, with a Paul Byron, I, I think that works out perfectly well. But again, we don't know the situation, you know, which one of the two fins uh, is affected by COVID. Will they be fine and ready to go as soon as their quarantine's over and they're not contagious anymore? I don't know. So uh, there's still a lot of questions there. Uh, again, Mark Bergevin mentioned, if you're just joining us, that uh, Tyler Toffoli probably will not be able to come back. It's not the smart thing to bring him back for the first game uh, next week just because he's been out and they haven't really had any time to skate. They haven't skated at all. And so they don't want to have him practice once and then play in a game. So he probably won't be available right away. So they could make uh, different things happen and they can move stall around depending uh, on the need but again uh, eric stall is gonna 
drive to Montreal tonight. He'll meet the media tomorrow. So the quarantine will start tonight and then he can be available, uh, I guess, a week from tonight or uh, I don't know. It just it, it kind of depends uh, how the Canadian schedule is going to line up once the NHL tweaks it and the Canadians are ready to come back uh, on the ice. Uh, John, want to get to our uh, question of the day. It's a poll question I threw out there on Twitter at Joey Alfieri. Curious to get your thoughts on this one because uh, a lot of people have weighed in already. We're almost at 400 votes here and it just went up not too long ago. Whose career would you rather have? Your options, Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, Shea Weber. So right now, again, I mentioned we're almost at 400 votes. Uh, Always love to hear who you think is leading the poll. Because I'll be honest with you, I'll give you this hint. It's not close. Second and third are close, but number one is not close. Who do you think is leading the poll here through... uh, 50-odd minutes. Uh, the first question is, uh, do you believe that I've already peaked to know the answer? But uh, I okay, haven't. Maybe you I haven't because oh, you I'm haven't? not. Uh, okay. I'm a, I was raised in a good, uh, honest household, unlike uh, Mark Bergevin, clearly. Um, I am going to say that uh, the man who has a heart trophy spent the better part of a dec- yeah. or two decades in Car- California, Olympic gold medal as well, the worm himself, uh, Corey Perry, Stanley Cup champion, uh, is leading the way. Yes, Corey Perry, 59.9% getting the vote. Uh, who do you think is second? Mm, probably, have to go, probably have to go with, uh, with Shea Weber. No, Eric Stahl, 25.3%. Shea Weber in third at 14.8%. Again, you can vote at Joey Alfieri or at TSN 690. And a lot of people have actually weighed in. They've responded. Uh, Manny and Terrebonne, my boy, says, the most respected, Shea Weber. He isn't sneaky, dirty like Aaron Ward said of Stahl. Perry is a rat. Weber was a no-nonsense guy who leaves everything on the ice, played the hardest minutes in his prime, a beast. No one bad mouths him. Don't know if that matters, but dot, dot, dot. So that's uh, Manny and Terrebonne's explanation for going with Shea Weber. Uh, Terry Tam says, all due respect to Weber, but he hasn't accomplished what Perry has. Perry has won everything. Uh, um, Clipper says, here's some love. This is something I hadn't even considered uh, when I put the question out there. I don't know if this swing things er, swings things Eric Stahl's way for you, John, but uh, Clipper says, Stahl has the EA cover. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool feather in the cap. That's right. Eric Stahl was on the cover of NHL 08 or 9. I think it was 8. Uh, and the other two haven't been on the cover of a video game. Uh, so that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, if you're Eric Stahl, you do have that. Does that affect uh, the way you'd approach this vote here, John? Is that enough? Ah, no, nope. not, not, not <laughs> really. Uh, I think for, for Eric Stahl, it just comes down to... Uh... It just comes down to the ring, baby. That's uh, that's the only thing. Well, Eric Stahl, Eric Stahl, that year that they that Carolina won the cup, um, he didn't win the Conn Smythe. Of course, that went to to Cam Ward, and and rightfully so. But Eric Stahl, I'm pretty sure, not only did he lead the Hurricanes in points, he also led the entire NHL in playoff points. I think it was what did he have like 28 or something? He had 28 points in 25 games. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so he had he had a ridiculous playoff. So if it wasn't Cam Ward, and again Cam Ward won rightfully so, it probably would have been uh, Eric Stahl next. Uh, the other thing to consider when you're looking at careers, and I'll run down the accomplishments real quick: uh, Corey Perry, World Junior Gold, two Olympic gold medals, World Champ, World Cup, a Rocket Richard Trophy, a Hart Trophy, and a Stanley Cup. Eric Damn. Stahl, yeah. 
yeah, that's tough to beat. Eric Stahl, Olympic gold, Stanley Cup, World Championship gold. Uh, so there's, I mean, there's that. And then Shea Weber has two Olympic gold, a gold and a silver at the Worlds, World Cup of Hockey, and a World Junior. So Stahl does not have that second gold medal, and he doesn't have the World Junior gold uh, that Perry and uh, Weber have as well. I don't know how much you know that weighs on you. The other thing to consider, and this is the part that I looked it up, and this is what swings things uh, in Shea Weber's favor, career salary, career earnings. Uh, you know what? Since we're not going to have time for uh, the uh, Jonathan Kenneth still middle name game, I'm oh, going to make bro, you guess. Bro, bro, bro. Yeah, we, we, we yeah, had well, said we're... that we didn't say what the middle name was. Now you've ruined everything for all the listeners, uh, it's but okay. it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all good, Kenny. We're good. Can I call you Kenny? I mean, it would be wrong, but sure. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. So if, since we're not going to play that game, I'm going to have you guess uh, career salary for each of these guys. And listen, if you're in the ballpark, I'll give you credit for it too. Um, but So let's start with uh, Corey Perry. Career salary, career earnings to date for Corey Perry. Montreal's number 94. Ooh. Um, I will say... I'll say $70 million for Corey Perry. Respectable guess. I like it. $86.254 million. 86.254 career salary for Corey Perry. Uh, Eric Stahl, career salary? Uh, it's got to be less than uh, than Corey Perry, I would imagine. So uh, I'll it go with less. my same pre... Excuse me, it's not? No, no, I said it is less. Oh, it is less. Okay, yeah, I'll go with uh, with my $70 million again. No, incorrect. It's uh, actually less than a million dollars less than what Corey Perry's made. He's at $85.77 million uh, career earnings for Eric Stahl. Jeez. That surprise you? That yeah, well, he had a big a contract. He had a heavy contract, and he's been in the league since he was eighteen, right? Right. Uh, and another thing we could uh, another thing we could point to is, um, and again, I don't know how much uh, mentoring uh, Eric Stahl is going to be able to do uh, between yeah. now and uh, you would expect probably the end of his Montreal Canadiens career by the end of the season. But uh, uh-huh. a guy who really struggled his first couple of years in the league, I believe he had two goals his first year in the NHL after being a Number two overall pick could be a uh, a big uh, learning lesson for Yasperi Kakinyemi because he doesn't have anyone who's really a uh, on the squad right now who is kind of expected um, to ha- provide the same production that the team is expecting from him. So Eric Stahl could potentially be uh, a leader to Yasperi Kakinyemi. Yeah, I remember Stahl coming up and he played at eighteen. And the numbers were actually pretty similar to Kotkaniemi's. He had 11 goals and 31 points in 81 games in 03-04. So that was as a, he was 18-19 uh, because he's an October he's an October uh, baby. So he actually, you know, he was drafted at 18, turned 19. Uh, but here's the thing. People forget that Eric Stahl's second year was the full NHL lockout, the year that was missed. And he was a point-of-game player at 19 and 20 years old in the American Hockey League, he had 77 points in 77 games. Came back to the NHL in 05-06, and he had a career-best 100 points, 45 goals in 82 games. But you're right, there is that that slow progression that was made. And like Kotkaniemi, he did play different circumstances, but did play uh, that uh, that second year in the American Hockey League. But uh, you're right, that's actually a really uh, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, okay, finally, Shea Weber career salary game. For Shea Weber, what do you think it is? Oh, it's got to be over a hundred million. 
I'll say uh, 108. 117.735 million dollars career earnings, estimated career earnings, uh, based on the uh, terrific people at Cap Friendly for Shea Weber. Well, no wonder he's the guy who was uh, hosting barbecues uh, for the team uh, <laughs> before this happened. I mean, could you imagine? I always felt bad about that, that uh, that the, the rookie dinners have to be paid by the guys who are making like 500 grand or something like that. Oh, like they're guys. easily the guys who are making no money. Yeah. I believe there was a story a few years ago from uh, – when Zach Stortini was playing with the Oilers and that he had just been called up from the American Hockey League and he somehow got saddled with the uh, the the paying the bill at dinner and you're like, this guy makes 60 grand a year. What are you guys doing making him pay probably a yeah. multi-thousand dollar deal, uh, dinner bill? So as long as Shea Weber is splashing that uh, $117 million to uh, some of his teammates, I think uh, I think it's uh, it's good for team morale, let's just say that. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, 117 million. So I don't know if that swings things Shea Weber's way in the votes between now and the end of the show. Uh, but our question of the day again, you can vote at Joey Alfieri on Twitter is whose career would you rather have, Perry, Stahl, or Weber? And uh, Corey Perry leading uh, by a significant margin. And uh, based on what you've said, I think you'd go with Perry too, and so would I, uh, because he and Stahl both have a cup. But I'll take a hard trophy. Uh, and an MVP. And that, listen, that's no slight to Stahl, no slight to Weber. Give I me think Anaheim. The Hockey it's Hall of more Fame. the fact that he played well, for yeah, so long true. in lovely, beautiful, sunny California with his boy, sexy Getsy yeah. Ryan Getzlaff. I mean, come on. It's uh, it's good times. It has to be a good time playing in, yeah. a, in a market like that. Well, Carolina's not a terrible, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get terribly cold in Carolina, but yeah, it's not, uh, it's not SoCal. I'm with you there. So I'm going Perry as well, uh, but you're right. The lifestyle, and uh, I'll sacrifice the uh, the money the money differential because Corey Perry's only made eighty six million dollars in his career, whereas uh, we just mentioned Shea Weber is at one hundred and seventeen million so far. Uh, so those are all things to consider. Uh, but yes, I would go uh, with Corey Perry's career, just the heart, the Stanley Cup, and the uh, Rocket Richard Trophy, plus what he's done internationally. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Corey Perry there as well, but you can continue to vote and you can send us uh, your opinion by text message as well at 11690. I do want to get to a couple of text messages uh, that have come in. Uh, all right, where do we start? Here we go. Okay, uh, think of this fourth line, lads. Stahl, Perry, Caulfield, two big Stanley Cup veterans flanking a small sniper. Both veterans with great hands and a kid who can put the puck in the net. No other fourth line in the league would look like it. What fourth line in the league has a sniper? None. Great way to bring the kid into the league. Next move, Eckholm. Yeah, I don't know if that. I don't know if they have the money for that, um, but uh, I think that they'll make some tweaks. Uh, coming in here as well from Ontario. Imagine if this team had Stahl, Perry, and Weber, and Price in their prime with the current lineup. How good would that team be? President's Trophy, Stanley Cups? Question mark. Uh, yes, yes, I think they would be uh, Stanley Cup favorites if they had all of those guys in their prime. That would be quite the all-star team. Uh, hey, Joey, great show. Regular listener, as you made reference to desperation, the Habs reek of it. Honestly, I think it's time to get rid of Bergevin. What exactly has he done for us in all these years? Conference semifinals, one or two high-point total seasons. Look at the contracts he gave to Subban and Price. No team has won a cup with a goalie making so much money, especially a goalie who is probably on the back end of his best performances. Bergevin is a good salesman and has sold us Habs fans wolf tickets. Time for a culture change. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think they're desperate because his what job's are, on the line. What are wolf tickets? I'm not 100% sure, 
uh, this might be a typo, but uh, I'm just <laughs> okay. reading what's okay. ahead of me. But okay, I, okay. I don't know what wolf tickets are, but... You know, I don't know. I just can't. I, I can't listen the big to the bad that. wolf. I, I can't know. listen to the Carey Price thing anymore um, because uh, I can only imagine the outrage from the fan base had he not paid Carey Price. Like it's a, it's such a slippery slope. Yes, would have been would it have been nice for Carey Price to do the Sidney Crosby and get the uh, get the less than nine million dollars annually for his services? Yeah, I mean it would have been nice, but at the same time i i don't know how many people um would have been fine with um letting carry price walk for at, at that time it just didn't make any sense so yeah, yeah. Also, it doesn't make sense to make, does it make sense to be paying him more than 10 million dollars i i don't know but it would have made much less sense to actually just let him walk look i, I think uh any criticism of the general ma- or most criticism of the general manager is fair I, i'm i'm i want to see how this year plays out before I, you know, reserve judgment as to, you know, whether or not he should be back. But I can certainly understand a frustrated Canadians fan who's been waiting and waiting and waiting. But look, th- this is it. I think this is going to be the last opportunity. And I think the general manager knows that too. So I think uh, this person's criticism is uh, is fair game. And I'm not just saying that because he said it's a great show that he listens regularly. I, I do think the criticism is fair in this case. I don't think it's uh, hitting below the belt. Uh, Paul from Edmonton says sending Evans to the taxi squad doesn't help because Romanov is already on it right now and he makes more than Evans. So it doesn't help money wise. That's true. Uh, that's a good point right now. The taxi squad, according to cap friendly is made up of Byron Romanov, Lindgren, Frolik, Olofsson, and Wallet. Uh, so that is a fair point. Something that, uh, that we didn't consider. Uh, the Habs didn't trade for stall to put him on the fourth line. He's going to play on the top two lines for sure. Uh, that's coming in from somebody at Montreal. I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not sure that he's going to start playing on the top two lines there. Uh, I don't know who you would remove from the top two lines. Uh, somebody's weighing in on our poll question uh, from Montreal as well. Weber's automatically out because he doesn't have a cup. I'm going with Perry and then Stahl. Uh, Web- Weber's still playing at an, uh, an elite level. The other two on the decline. That, that's from Dusty in the South Shore who's weighed in. Uh, what else do we have? Francesco and RDP. Imagine being in a locker room consisting of Eric Stahl, Shea Weber, Corey Perry, and Kerry Price. Basically, Canada 2014 team. The young guys must be in awe. They truly have what it takes to make a dent in the playoffs. Thank you, Francesco. Uh, and if Price was making his old salary, he would still be overpaid. That's somebody else weighing in at 11690. Uh, so you can uh, continue to message John Still and I on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. We will continue to talk. Eric Stahl, Montreal Canadiens, what's coming up next uh, for the Habs. And we'll also get into the Cole Caulfield situation. I thought there was an interesting chuckle uh, from Mark Bergevin uh, when he was asked about Cole Caulfield. We'll get into that uh, in uh, in just a few minutes' time. Uh, but we do want to talk racing. The F1 season gets underway this weekend. What can Ferrari do? Do they bounce back this year? Can anyone catch Mercedes? We'll talk to Tim Haraney, TSN's racing analyst, next on Saturday Sports on TSN 690.